Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, Monday, June 27th. And you know what we do on Mondays? We spend Mondays with McCool. James McCool, the co-author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports. It's a 15-hour DFS masterclass that you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Uh, get your thumbs-ups in on your way through the door. I see Suki Sings here is early as usual. Doug Montgomery, too. We're talking, to, you know, nice 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Just general, what we do on Mondays, it's kind of like, you know, we regroup for the week. What's going on? What's been happening? Uh, James, you, you've been working on stuff for uh, for, for the for the new edition. We're, we're coming out with a sequel, yeah. if you didn't already know. Uh, the, the four advanced players version of uh, the theory of DFS with more application-based learning. Obviously, I would suggest you pick up the first one because uh, without the first one, you may not understand some of the stuff in the second one. Uh, but that should be out uh, end of July, early August. And uh, and we'll, we'll be reaching out. If you're in the Roto-Grinders premium Discord, okay, you're, you're part of the Blenders Game Theory channel. I, I, I answer questions in there. If you want to talk to me, that's the, that's the best place to get just direct access to me. So subscribe to Roto-Grinders premium. Any package, doesn't matter. It could be combo, it could be one sport, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and uh, we'll also need some some tools testers. So I already posted in there that, uh, you know, at some point I'm going to get two or three people that uh, that different different levels of Excel knowledge. Like it's someone that knows Excel very well, someone that's like familiar, and then someone that has like almost has never used Excel ever. Just so we get a sense, because uh, in addition to uh, the, the new, it'll be like somewhere between 10 and 15 hours of audio. And uh, and James, you're you're you are you're building some Excel tools that uh, that I was testing over the weekend to check my check the probability of my dupe duped lineups in in MMA. And uh, let's just say the first run didn't work out that well, but you, you fixed it. Yeah, uh, I mean sometimes model building is more of a art than science, right? Like. Um... Sometimes you want to play around things. So that that was, if you go over, if you have a subscription over at Pater, uh, I have an MMA model now that is built, uh, Blender a lot off of the logic that you utilize when you're building out your leverage stuff and and utilizing more of like a, a baseline set of leverage rather than an actual projection. So I, I took that idea, I built out an MMA model as well. And in that MMA model, um, I have a little lineup building thing that, uh, you can put together a lineup. You can just hand build it in the sheet, and then uh, it'll show you. You can put in the average field. You can put in the field size for like the contest here. And like if it was the fifteen dollar, it was like thirty one thousand entries or something like that. And then it'll show you a projection of how many duplications you are going to have on that lineup. So um, the first run of it, I was like, man, I'm going to make this cool. I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to make this like this really awesome long formula and function. And it's gonna look great and I'm gonna be able to brag about it. And I put together that whole run and uh, the formula sucked. <laughs> it was so bad. It was way over projecting the amount of dupes that it was gonna have. And um, I, I sent it over to Jordan and Jordan's like, no, this is this is terrible. It's like, just right. I don't even have to do oh. the math to know that it was right. Cause it was, it, it told, I, I put in my entire hundred lineup set for large field mm -hmm. and my lowest duped lineup was like 24 times. And I'm like, <laughs> Like this, this ain't this ain't. Ha I mean, like, like I just tell these numbers are wrong. It's like it's a forty-nine-one lineup with three sub twenty percent owned players and mm -hmm. no main event fighter. And I'm like, this is maybe this is duped two or three times, but I think this yeah. is more likely to be unique. And you're telling me it's going to be duped twenty-two times or something. And I'm yeah. like, God, this is that. But it, the, at least from looking through the lineups, you would you were from what I could tell directionally. Right. Like, if I would have like divided everything by 22 or something, yeah. like then, then I think it would have been, it would have been made more sense. And that was the crux of it. Right. And, and I asked even in our DMS, you were like, no, this is wrong. And I'm like, okay, look, it's fine. If it's wrong, if it's like way over, that's fine. But is it at least directionally accurate? And you said, yes. I'm like, okay, that's good enough 
to know like, okay, I need to tweak some globals. I need to redo a couple things here. That's fine. So um, after the fact, I had a couple guys that tested it out and um, I had them send me over their actual dupes and their, their CSVs so that I could measure and get like a true reading of it. So um, I, I redid that and now the formula is correct. Uh, it goes off of like the very basic um, product of the player ownerships, but then I was able to get some extra uh, variables in there that make it a bit more accurate. So um, one of the CSVs that I had for testing, um, he had way too many uniques. I, and I guess you can't have way too many uniques, but like he had way more uniques than he actually wanted to have, right? Um, and so he he had like 64 uniques and the, the new logic that I had for checking a portfolio here had him at 53 as projection. So I'm pretty happy with that. But uh, that's one of the tools that we're gonna be including in the new course is being able to check your duplications and being able to put in your portfolio of lineups that you plan to upload into either MMA or PGA or any showdown. This is a really, really helpful tool for showdown. Um, this is gonna be something that is included in there. So you can check and say, okay, well, you know, with this lineup set, I'm only projected to have five unique lineups and only like 10 lineups under 10. So I really need to get more unique. Um, it, it's something that I, I've been working really hard on that there's a lot of other things that we're going to have in there, but this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be putting in there is stuff that makes it so you are able to build more plus EV lineups and build more portfolios of lineups that you can actually make money with rather than being part of a 125 train that takes down first place and banks the tournament for like seven dollars right and, and this is this applies you'll be making it for showdown contest also mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep so it's going to be built uh that there's going to be this for this kind of tool isn't quite as good for things like nfl or mlb or things like that where ownerships typically are not very high and there's more players correlation is involved but for things like pga mma and any showdown slate this is going to be a really, really valuable tool. Um, and, and there's going to be some other kind of like nice bells and whistles in there showing you uh, a couple things regarding your projections for the lineups and uh, where you hold the most levered and stuff like that. But the, the basic idea behind this is, am I building for enough dupes and under fives to make this set of lineups worthwhile? Right. It's, a, it's, more, it's basically a more advanced version of my combo calculator yeah. that I use in Google Sheets. And let me tell you, as someone who uh, considers themselves a three out of ten in Excel, uh, the utilization of, of of what you sent over to me was very very simple. Very very. You basically, you you cut and you cut and paste. You, all you need is the slate file from DraftKings or from any source, and then and then your lineups file. And just mm -hmm. like as long as you have the basically the fighters and the salaries. You cut and paste into the one zone and then you take your lineups and you cut it into another sheet and then you go to the other sheet and it shows you everything. The, the only uh, thing that I would suggest I'll do, I'll say it live on the air is that uh, can you, uh, that so you can make, make the change. Can you normalize, can you auto convert uh, or strip out the percentage symbol in ownership? Because depending on where you're importing and exporting from, mm -hmm. some people uh, have, it as as a percent and some people have it as a decimal yeah yeah okay yeah i can do that yep. because let's just like where where i where, where it exports from my sheet my sheet is is a percentage so like if i put it in a percentage in, in your sheet it gives me it, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do because it's looking for a number it's looking for yeah. 0.28 not 28 percent so like that I could I could see how how new users yeah like I could convert that like I what I did is I just converted it so like mm -hmm. I I could do that manually so that's that's fine but I can understand people that aren't as familiar with Excel will do that and go but I'm putting in the percentages yeah and then not and then nothing happens and then you see yeah. dupes are it says all your lineups are unique and I'm like that's <laughs> Right. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, that's easy enough. I it would just be a, a translation, but yeah, that's uh, one of the things that I struggle with the most as a model builder is building things that are easy to use. That's like it's so hard. For, so that that makes me feel better that that it was pretty right. Easy other other than that, it was said like cut like 
that but that's how we want these tools to be that yeah. these these excel tools there are 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 these major tools are these a lot a lot of things you could end up working out in lineup hq it's not mm -hmm. it's like this is that we're not reinventing anything these aren't like special it's just little things to make your time more efficient right to help you so you don't have to go through combinations you don't have to run you know 600 lineups and then manually uh, eliminate one here this one's too long this one's too low projected whatever that mm -hmm. you could just kind of cut and paste it in excel and have it do it for you and then re-upload it and then do whatever the hell you want with it so like something that would normally take you five or ten minutes now takes you you know under 30 seconds so like we're kind of trying to improve your time yep. more than anything yeah uh grant brown in the chat about the mma slate because it was interesting that the top two optimals in, in uh, on Saturday were not played, even though it was only a twelve fight card. So the top two optimals, but well, the top the optimal was, was uh, uh, the second optimal because Nerd and Becky with, with the forty there was a forty seven eight lineup that was optimal, and the second best line was forty nine two. But he's he's asking hypothetically if you did the product ownership, it should have been duped on average ten times. But uh, but it wasn't. It was literally not even played, so it wasn't even unique. It literally wasn't in the contest, and uh, that was primarily due to, to construction, and uh, yeah. that's why I wanted to point out. Uh, I wish I wish I I wish I took my own advice, James, for for more for for all of my hundred lines. I didn't, and uh, I I could have gotten to that that forty nine two lineup. I could have gotten to because uh, my hot take of the week. In the expert survey, two two weeks in a row, my hot take has come 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 true. Oh, so you you've binked every tournament two weeks in a row? Uh, no, because there's way too many combos of these types of lineups that you can't make them. Sure. Uh, only one nine k salary final fighter makes the optimal lineup. Now, obviously, uh, the winning lineup had two nine k fighters, but that wasn't the optimal lineup. You didn't have right. to play your mega madoff. So, uh, so yeah, the the main reason that forty nine two lineup, I was shocked it wasn't. I would you know it's. It seemed like it should have been played. Uh, it's not like it was that ridiculous. It's just the ownership of the 9K fighters, especially uh, the 9,500 Nurmega Madoff, the 9,300 Rachmanoff, and the 9,100 Sarukin was just so dramatically high that so, there were so many more constructions of two, nine, two 9K lineups, but had one of those three, when in fact, you needed like you needed none of those. You know, you need Rockmanoff. You need one. You need the ninety three hundred dollar guy who's the lower owned of those three nine K fighters. So like in order to get to that lineup, uh pretty tough to do if you're playing one of like there's there there are many combinations that you can make that only has one nine K fighter in it. And uh I didn't make enough. I didn't I did not make enough. I didn't make enough of that. Right, it could. I could have. Once I saw that that was the optimal, I was like, oh, I could have gotten there. I, I, I made money. I, I on MMA, I made a little, a little money anyway because uh, I, I, I didn't have much of uh, the main event favorite, and he lost. So like, yeah, yeah. So that, that's always good when he's like the most one of the most owned fighters on the entire slate. Uh, Doug Montgomery. We'll go to the, this other thing. Okay, last week you could always type your questions into YouTube chat. We're not just here. Me and James talking amongst ourselves. We could, but we don't have to. Uh, oh, Doug yeah. Montgomery says, last week I asked about the FanDuel, 100-man FanDuel ex the experiment, quote, and I'll talk about that, on why you put one entry in and you say you're only building one lineup. So my question is about using three entries or two. Is it better to max out? That has nothing to do with my experiment, Doug. I'm not going to play duplicated lineups into a progressive payout GPP. So I'm building one lineup to play in all hundred mans, all twenty mans, all small field GPPs. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna duplicate myself. Duplicate the whole purpose of this experiment is that the correlation, but the duplication and correlation between lineups in the field gives you more equity. You you want to be at, at the the least correlative to the rest of the field while still maintaining the highest projection. So why the hell would I want to do that to myself? By playing the same two lineups in. If anything, I'd play three different lineups that were nowhere near correlated to each other while still maintaining a high projection. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's a second, maybe that's the second phase of, of this, this experiment. But no, I'm just, 
on both sites for this quote and experiment. I'll show you the past week. I'm up $2,192. Okay. It's a 16% ROI. And of course the first day I, I could almost scrap because I don't think I even played it well. Uh, and of course this is also a very extremely small sample size. I'm playing three mans and five man type contests where you're only expected to cash 20 to 33% of the time. So like two out of three, you know, two, like in a week, if I have two, if I have three winning days in a week, that's profitable. So I should expect to lose four out of seven days as it is. So going by a, a seven day sample is kind of one, right? One, two, three, I, I, well, I had three winning days out of seven but one was much bigger than the other because I went on both sites and two different slates. Because this test technically isn't seven days. This is like nine slates. Yeah. Because I played the late. If there's more than four games, if there's four plus games on like the late slate or something, I'll play yeah. that as a normal slate. But I won't play the two or three game, like like the afternoon slate on Sunday. Like I'll play that because that's a four game slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the the experiment is I played two lineups. on the on the. Well, I'll caveat this. On the larger slates, I will play two lineups on each site. So I am playing a, quote, cash lineup, but it's not a cash lineup. It is a triple-up, quintuple-up, three-man, five-man style lineup. A safe lineup. Right. Uh, And then the second lineup is a small field. Something on DK would be like the 121. Like the small field under 500 entry GPPs. But I'll also throw in like, they play. They have those hundred man hundos, right? On DK, I play those. I play. I play anything that's that's progressively paid out. Now, quintuple ups is the other lineup. But like, if there's a twelve dollars single entry, you know, uh, hundred ninety two man contest, like that. That's that lineup. And uh, on Fanduel, I do the same thing. So on Fanduel, I'm playing three mans, five mans, triple ups. You know. Uh, uh, 10 mans, three out of 10, as long as it pays like a triple up, like one lineup. And then my other lineup is for the same type of thing. The $25 single entry stuff. That's like 500 entries or less. The 20 mans that pay three top three, the hundred mans that play top 12, right? Cause those you need a 12th percent to ride top, you know, 88th percentile score. So I'm looking to keep like 15. If you need a top 85th percentile score is one lineup. And if I need like a top 70th percentile score, is I then then I need like another lineup. So I'm building two lineups. Now eventually I could end up building a lineups that are like for three mans, and then lineups that are for five mans, then lineups that are for a hundred mans. Then now I can have maybe five different lineups. But for right now, I'm just concentrating on that and also gathering the data. Because I'm also on both sides playing head-to-heads and double-ups, but not many, not a large portion of them, just so I could have some data. Mm-hmm. Right at 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 worst, I'm slightly negative EV in those. At worst, at best, maybe my maybe a head to head matrix, as long as I'm playing as far, a wide array of opponents, may actually be profitable. But that's what I'm testing out. So, like, I'm kind of throwing them in for experimentation purposes. But theoretically, uh, I shouldn't be playing lineups that are three points lower projected than other people in head to heads. Or 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 in, in double ups, but I don't know. Maybe that maybe 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 that's fine. We we always see that uh, if you use projections, uh, especially in a highly variant sport like MLB, uh, if you just run like the top fifty optimals from like the bat or where, wherever you get your projections, the differences between t- the top one and the fiftieth one from a median standpoint is typically not much, less than a point. So like. You don't realize that 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 expected value for like God knows how long. They're essentially it's within the margin of error of just even the projections in general. So like, if even if you were to do that, like how much worse can you can you be than another person? All the this person's playing the bad optimal, and I'm playing the twenty sixth lineup that is a three v three off of that. Like, it's probably you're probably at at worst fifty. 0.2 to 49.8 or maybe not even that you're a mar- marginal marginal uh uh 50.005 to like it's really really small but the thing with that is to exploit that 
Well, what's the difference between that lineup and the lineup that's three points lower projected? Five points lower projected. Eight points lower projected. Now, in a head-to-head environment, you wouldn't want to do that. Because let's say, let's say, for instance, on average, if you play a lineup that is five points lower projected in MLB, you're, let's just say, I don't know what these are the figures are. This is why I'm running the experiment and running some Sims and stuff like that. Uh, Let's say you're a 55-45 underdog. Let's say you have a 45% chance of winning against one lineup if you play the lineup that is five points lower projected than whatever you're, you're, that you expect to be up against, right? Well, what happens now in head-to-heads, obviously, you're, you're going to lose money in the long run. I mean, obviously doing that. You're only winning 45% of the time, and you're getting paid. Let's even take out the rake. You're getting paid double. I was just going to say, and and then there's rake. Right. Let, let's just take out the rake to begin with. But let's say you were playing, let's say you got played triple, and you were playing against the same lineup. So you're five points lower projected. You're you're a 45% chance of beating that lineup. But now both of your opponents in a three-man have the same exact lineup. Well, you're, you're going to win 45% of the time, but now you're getting paid 3X. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting paid 3X, 45% of the time, you are profitable now. Mm-hmm. And this is the, goes back to the dynamic of duplicating in three-mans and five-mans and very small type of type of progressive payout structured type of contests are horrible. You're essentially handing over equity to your opponents by doing so. If you duplicate the full lineup, I mean that you're, you're dead. So like I'm showing, here's a contest. This is from yesterday in uh, the three man contest. And I'm, I'm not doing this to call out people like keep common tilt on and BK reader are great cash players on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Would I play them in head-to-heads? No, don't seek them out in head-to-heads. Uh, but the thing is, I could I could very well project and predict the lineups that these the, the best cash players are going to play within a two v two or something. They're going to be I because I have projections from everywhere, so I know exactly what what people are going to do. So if you take a look at my lineup from the three, it's a three man. This lineup projected 2.8 points lower than my aggregate optimal lineup, taking projections from everywhere, okay? Now, you could obviously see we share with my my opponents, share Cease, McClanahan, Kirk, and Smith, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, I know you're thinking, well, isn't the point of my experiment is to be as different as possible? Yes, but the second point is, while still maintaining a high projection, when I ran lineups, I found that if I took out either Caesar McClanahan, my projection dropped way too much. Yeah. If I took out Kirk or Josh Smith, it dropped way too much. So it's like, I start from the most own. I go, okay, well, if I don't play Cease, what does the lineup look like now? Well, it projects for now two, two and a half points lower just on Cease being missing. It's like, that's way too much for one player. If I took out McClanahan, my projection dropped four points, which means I'd still have to play the batter, most of the batters that everyone else is playing and just a different pitcher. And I lose four points of projection for doing that. This is a lineup. uh, And same for Kirk, Kirk and Smith. I dropped Smith uh, one and a half point difference. And Kirk was like a 1.2 point difference. Mm -hmm. So my, my rule of thumb is... If I don't have to, if I don't have to sacrifice more than a point, I might as well not have them, right? So this lineup, in total, by not have, I have being a one, two, three, four, of uh, six v six, right? So have six less players than my opponents would have, and I'm pointing out three, this three man in specifics. But if you went to d- triple ups or double up, you'd see that, like, wow! If you saw my lineup in cash games, you'd be like, wow! Why? Like other than Kirk, other than the pitchers and Kirk and Smith, like you really, like you went off the board. Like some of these guys in double ups were single digit owned. But if I told you, it's like, well, this lineup still only projects 2.8 points lower than lineups that have like 40% owned players in it. You wouldn't think so. You'd be like, oh, this is so weird. But it really isn't that weird. And then if I look at my opponents and I 
did this one particularly because I could, I could have pulled out other three mans. Is that look at my opponents? My opponents, yes, they played Cease, McClanahan, Kirk, and uh, Smith, mm-hmm. but they they played the same exact lineup other than Keep Calm and Tilt On had Sosa as a cheap second baseman, and BK Reader had Jonah Bride at 2100 as a mm-hmm. cheap second baseman, but their entire lineups were exactly the same. And it was and it was like a very popular cash lineup in double ups or whatever. Vlad, uh, Seeger, Springer, Sheets, Reyes, right? Basically, it's a, I'm I'm essentially playing against the it's the it's the perfect situation that I'm looking for. Yeah, I'm playing against the same exact lineup other than a one v one. Yet I have a six v six and I'm giving up two point eight points of projection. And probably if I simulated this out, I'm going to win this this three man 47 percent of the time. Like against this one, against the one line, gets if they both played the same lineup, like against those lineups, I'm like a 47% dog, maybe, maybe even mm-hmm. less, maybe 40, 47.6%. It's like, dude, but I only have to win this contest at like a 38% rate, rate with the rake to break even. Yeah. And if you look, think intuitively, okay. So we're not even thinking in terms of like, well, the duplication and the 66 and the math is that. What ways, if you're, if you're keep calm and tilt on, obviously if they duped, they could only win $13.50 each because if they come in first, they split it. That's not going to be profitable long-term, right? We all know that's, that's the, that's the collusion. If you wanted to collude, you'd purposely try to dupe someone else's lineup and then have a second account that has a completely different lineup, right? Uh, So, if you're keep calm until done, you look at this contest. Let's say this is the only contest you're playing. And like, this is where my attention is. You'd look and go, wow, I'm in bad shape. How do I win this contest? Well, if Seeger hits a home run, well, that doesn't do much for me because BK Reader has Seeger. Yeah, it, it helps us both beat Blenderhead, right? But if Sheets, hit, if Sheets does well, like Sheets did well, well, that didn't help him against me. Like the only thing that matters... To to keep common tilt on is a one V one of Sosa and bride. Mm-hmm. Everything else doesn't even matter. Uh, other than the fact of they both. So they both have to, this lineup has to both beat me. And then Sosa has to beat out bride. My lineup is not dependent on that. My lineup, like, yeah, Smith, they, these guys don't matter, right? Essentially, we're playing. We're playing. I'm, I'm playing six players in this lineup. I got six shots to beat out all of those players, right? So like, I don't have to worry. Like, if if Josh Donaldson hits a home run, hang ain't sharing points with anyone. Like these points aren't being shared by anyone. And of course, Tellus hits two home runs, and that totally helps me out because uh, I didn't have Sheets. Uh, sheets is home run, but I had all these other shots. So for like two point eight points lower. This lineup is not, it, this lineup is the most profitable lineup in this contest. Yeah. If we were to simulate this three man, even though I gave up 2.8 points of projection, I have the most profitable lineup in this contest. That's, this is the concept that, that this is the experiment. Theoretically, theoretically it's sound. Whether it works out in, 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 in real life, prag, pragmatically, that, that's what I'm testing. And then looking at the results and then simulating what it could have been, and then finding where the line is. Like, really, the whole point of the experiment is not whether or not the concept is sound. The concept is sound. Mathematically, absolutely. Where the line is, right? I gave up 2.8 points in projection. Is actually a more prop. If if I would have not played Josh Smith either and given up 3.5 points in projection, is that even more profitable, mm-hmm. right? If, if I would have get, sacrificed four points with McClanahan, is that more like where is the line of how much projection am I willing to give give up to eliminate overlap between these lot between my lineup and the fields lineups? Because if you took it, you took a look at the keep these these lineups like in in triple ups, like Reyes was like fifty six percent owned, and Springer was like forty eight percent owned, and Sheets was thirty eight percent owned, and Seager at shortstop was fifty plus percent like like the whole like. Half the field had practically the same lineup in a 31-man triple up. And I'm sitting there with like a 6v6 off of it going, 
yo, if you if you guys do well, it's like, dude, some of you may be splitting that triple up money, right? Because the only top nine out of 31 pay. And you're gonna have to make sure your one v ones and two v two. Like the difference if you're if this lineup does well in a triple up, it's quite possible that you don't even cash because Sosa has a zero and and Gorman at second has a 12. Right. Or Bride has a 15. Like you lost the one v one and every you didn't separate yourself with enough points from other people. So now you come in 12th in a triple up. Now I come in like 30th, so that's fine. But it's not a matter of who comes closest to the cash line. Either I cash or I don't. I My standard deviation on these lineups are going to be much higher mm-hmm. because I don't share as many points with the field. So really the experiment comes down to how much, how much, how much projection you're willing to sacrifice and what's the optimal amount of a lack of correlation intermixed between the other lineups. Mm-hmm. So maybe I did too much. Maybe I did too little. Maybe I did just enough. Maybe any of those is profitable, but which is the most profitable? So that's why the, what what I'm doing is not for double ups and head heads. I know some people may go, "Oh, they'll look at my lineup in a double up," because I'm throwing this these lineups into double ups just to just to see, and they'll go, "Oh, okay, I'm going to play like this, but I'm only going to play head heads and double ups." And it's like mathematically, you shouldn't be doing that. This is only no. when you're getting paid three, five, ten x on your money because you're going to be beating a similar lineup that half the field is playing, right? Scorpion McScorpion in, 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 in chat right now. Will this work in NFL double ups? This will not work in double ups. Anything that you get paid two X 50 fifties head to heads. Why would you ever play a lineup? That, if your goal is a 50th percentile outcome and you're playing a lineup that reaches the 50th percentile, 48% of the time, Versus a lineup that reaches 50th percentile 50% of the time, how are you ever going to be profitable doing that? So here's here's the a very, very basic math example of it. Uh, if you do this and you think that Blender thinks that his win rate on this lineup is 46% in this contest, okay? Let's just say, as an example. As an example, let's say it's 46%. In a three-man, you only have to win... 38 to 40 percent of the time in order to be profitable right to so beat the, is, to beat the rake like it would be 33 percent without the rake right break even and like 38 percent with the rake right so with the rake 38 to 40 percent so if you're winning 46 percent of the time that means that you're playing in a profitable way however with double ups and head-to-heads you need to win between 58 and 60% of the time to beat the rake and also be profitable. So this lineup winning only 46% of the time would make you a not profitable player in double ups and head to heads with this strategy. Right. Which, which is basically purposely playing a lineup that's lower projected for the sake of not having similar players as other people. And obviously there's no like core. I'm not building five man stacks or anything. Cause I don't, I don't need, yeah. I don't need to win a, like in the in the one twenty one, I'm building that type of lineup, but in in the three mans, five mans, you know, ten mans, that type of stuff, I don't need to. I just like let me just take a lineup that projects high that isn't as correlated to the rest of the field, and this is also dependent on knowing what the field is going to do. Okay, like I, I've said this before. I said this last week because people have been asking. It's like, oh, I'm. If this works, this is a game change. Like, you can't just do this. You have to know what the field is going to do. And that's one of my core strengths, knowing what the field is going to do. So I have to, I, it's, I looked at like this literal lineup that keep calm until dawn. If I were to play head to heads yesterday, this would have been my lineup. It would have literally been my lineup. This is the first optimal lineup from the aggregate projections that I have. It literally is my, like, so I have to know if, like, if I'm getting this, other people that, especially in the cash lobby and MLB, it's going to look someone like this. And look, BK Reader did the same exact thing. He just had Bride slightly higher projected than Sosa, right? So that's why Bride came up and same. So now that I know that, right? Now that I know what my opponents are doing, they're they're playing. They may be playing their portfolio, up uh, uh, profitably. 
I don't want to say optimally, profitably. Because PK Reader is 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 playing like thirty thousand dollars worth of volume. I mean, like he's playing this he one lineup to everything. Yeah, he's yeah. Right. So he's someone, 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 some schmuck is is taking him up on a five hundred and thirty dollar head to head and playing a lineup that's five points lower projected. Uh, he's making his money that way. He's making double ups and uh, high stakes and everything like that. But he's also throwing it into three mans and five mans and. 10 mans and stuff like that. And I know that so many people do that. So why can't I go, especially in the low end, five, ten dollars? I can't play the three and one dollar contests, right? But I can play the fives, the tens, the twenty-fives, the twenties, every all of that, and just build up a lot of volume in there. So I play, you know, play eight hundred, a thousand dollars worth of volume, knowing that I know I'm going to be playing against very similar lineups all the time. I I obviously cherry pick this one in particular because it explained the point very well. But James, one thing that I'm finding, okay, th- this is, to me, this is a conundrum. Okay. Because th- I've, 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 I've in, in practice, I'm actually finding that I may need to solve for something else also in this experiment. Mm. Okay. So I, sh- in, in this example, I'm showing where I could predict their lineups. Okay. So I have like guys like I knew in this three man this, that I'm going to be profitable in doing what I'm doing. Uh, but what about the contest where the third guy or in a five man where the fourth and fifth guy guy, I'm using guy, girl, whatever, uh, is is a poor player. So and I, I especially find this on FanDuel more than DraftKings. So what what because I've been looking at my contest. So I'll look at a five man and five mans pay just top one. There's nothing on FanDuel. So it's like the top the top lineup, the bottom four get nothing. But even in three mans, it's it's the same way. On DraftKings, second place gets money on, on five mans on DraftKings. So I maybe on on FanDuel, what I've seen is that it'll be me. It'll be another sharp player that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe two sharper players like that play everything, and then two people I've like that may not even have badges. Two people I've never, I've never, I don't know, I don't recognize on Fanduel. And now I'll look at the lineups. I looked at the lineups after after the fact, and the two sharper players, I, I, I guess they're, I, I know their lineups pretty much, right? And my lineup is like a 5v5 off of theirs. So it sacrificed, you know, three points in projection. And, you know, they're like a 2v2 maybe between each other. And then I'm like a 5v5 off of them. But I probably still have some of their players because those are the highest projected players, Uh, which is fine. If I can get a 5v5 and then still maintain a good projection and they're duplicated with a 2v2, that's much better for me. But the two guys underneath them have line like I, I played one five man when one person played a lineup that was 17 points lower projected than mine. And then an- another line that that some of these lineups are like six points, seven points lower projected than than the optimal, than than the, the my aggregate optimal or something like that. Or a three man, I'm in a three man, and it's me, another sharp cash player, and a rando, and I'm a five v five or six v six off of the sharp player, but the bad player, I'm also a 5v5 off of, but they also have different players. And their lineup projects for like like seven points lower than my lineup. <clears throat> so in those scenarios, is it profitable? Because if you could find the worst players, shouldn't I just be playing the, the highest median lineup anyway? against the worst players? Why am I sacrificing any projection against the worst players? Because I'm not gaining anything equity-wise because I'm not sharing players with them because they're playing stuff that I wouldn't even show up in my lineups. Uh, Or is it that because I'm less duplicative with the sharp player, but I still have such a high projection off of the bad player that, who is more profitable in that scenario in a three-man? Let's say, for instance, uh, sharp player A, let's call him McLovin, 
Okay, he's in everything. We could just call any anyone, BK Reader, whoever. Yeah, whatever. Typically, it's, it's those two primarily. Uh, they have a lineup that that's one ten. I have a lineup that's one hundred seven, and the bad player has a lineup that's a hundred. Now, in this three man, like, like it, McLovin's lineup at one ten isn't being duplicated because I purposely did not play five players that he played, and the bad player didn't play five players. I don't know on purpose or not. That shouldn't it be more profitable for McLovin with the one ten projection in that scenario? Even though me and him share like four or five players amongst both of us, mm-hmm. the bad player has a hundred. Like, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be better? Like, at, where's that equilibrium? Because I know, let's say for instance, I played the same lineup as McLovin. Then technically, we both are negative EV, and we actually gave the bad player plus EV, or is or he's close because his projection is ten points lower. So he's not going to win as often, but when we win, we split, you know, the three man. You Do you understand the point that I'm trying to make that I'm running into a lot of bad players in some of these contests where like, I can't possibly predict their lineups. And then I put, I plug their lineups into lineup HQ with my projections and their lineups are just awful. It's like, if this was a head dad, I'd rather have the top aggregate optimal, but what is the effect of me changing my lineup in comparison to the sharp players. And then in a five man, and let's say there's two other sharp players, maybe, maybe it's more worthwhile for me to not be duped duped as much with them, even though there are two other bad players in the lineup. Yeah. I, I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So for sure in that instance, the optimal is the better play. Like without a doubt in a three man, the optimal is a better play. Um, yeah, but no, 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 but, but the op, what, what I said before about the equilibrium, the optimal is a better play. If the lineups were 110, 107, 100, I'm getting there. Yeah. Right. Okay. You're getting there. Go. Getting there. So for sure that instance, the optimal is a better play. Uh, if, if you were to assign win percentage values to that and say that Mach 11 has a 45% chance to win that contest, you have a 40% chance to win that contest. And the rando has a 15% chance to win that contest without a doubt. The optimal is a better play there because it has a it has a five percent advantage over your lineup, and because you're not because it's three man, only one person is going to win it. Um, the rando specifically there is just shot, but like your lineup, even though your lineup is likely profitable over the long term, it's not the most optimally profitable route that you could go there. Um, in a five man, no, but of, no, you, you're skipping over the point that I wanted to make about the equilibrium. Okay, make make your point. Yeah. At the 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 profit of of the top lineup, let's just say McLovin's lineup at one ten, mm-hmm. is directly related to the lineup that I choose to play. So let's say. Oh right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's say now that I know that a, a bad player is in, like let's say I see the three man. It's McLovin and Rando, and I could let's say I could just let's say I pencil in the Rando for a lineup that's ten points lower than than the optimal lineup. And let's say I know exactly the, let's just say I know exactly the lineup that McLovin is going to play, like literally exactly. Yeah. Now, if I were because the Randos lineup is so low projected in comparison, if I were to play the same lineup as McLovin, we're both unprofitable. That we're good because you don't want to dupe in a three man. So let's say it's a one V one. Like, are we still not profitable enough because we're sharing nine players? Like, at what point does the equilibrium of, like, maybe my lineup at 109.68 versus his at 110 makes us a 4v4, and now our lineups are both, even though my projection is lower, I'm not, we're duped less that uh, uh, McLovin is game theory optimal because there's nothing I could do to exploit him now with a bad player in there. So maybe he wins at a, at a slightly more rate than a very slightly more than me. But mm-hmm. like, if I gave up three points of projection, I just give up too much to McLovin up there. Right. And I, I, there has to be some type of equilibrium where like, he wouldn't want me to dupe him. Right. So like, I'm sitting there going, well, I know exactly what he's going to play. And I know that this, this bad player is awful, but I can't dupe him, but I still want to have a high enough lineup to beat the other guy, but I don't want to be so low that I'm giving McLovin too much equity. There has to be an equal because 
The equilibrium goes to horrible when we're duped. And then it comes back and goes like this. But then as I get further away from McLovin's median projection. You hit that horrible rate again. Right. I hit the horrible range again. Right. Like, so there, there has to be something in between. I, I wish Nerdy Tenor was here. I wish Dan, I think this is something that he could simulate. Yeah. I was like, going to say, you, you're going to have to back test for that. If you want to find the actual equilibrium, like off the top of my head, I, I think that the answer there, and, and this now comes into how big of a knit you want to be right. Where you would be having to go into your contests and see who the players are. And if there's a rando and a three man versus McLovin, then in, in that contest, then you take what you presume to be McLovin's lineup. And then you start there and then you switch to a three V three or something. Cause that off the top of my head, that probably sounds about right. You'd want a three V three in that situation. Right. You're probably giving up less than a point even doing right. You, you don't want to give up more than two points in projection off the top of my head. You want to have it be like him having like a 43% chance and you having a 41% chance or something like that. Right. Um, And, and even then, you know, like, it's still not a great situation because you're still like, oh, well, I am, I am purposely going to be giving up points of equity here. It's, that's an interesting. It, it could turn out, James. It could turn out that it may be more. It's more in the three mans, and we'll get to the five mans. But three mans are easier to explain because there's only three people yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, that it's quite possible. It sounds the weirdest because it goes against, like the one of the fundamental concepts of playing DFS properly of like, uh, well, it goes against, and it also goes to like the two, the two things, like this is why I find these types of types of experiments. Interesting is that the two, the two things uh, in all of these types of games is one, your profit will primarily, or ROI will primarily be decided by the strength of your opponents, not Mm -hmm. the strength, the, the relative strength between you and your opponents, but just like in poker, if you were playing against people, no matter how good they are, with their hand face up, you'd never lose. Right. Right. You'd never make a bad decision. I'm not saying that you wouldn't lose a hand, but you'd never make an, a negative EV decision because you could see their hand. So is it it's quite possible that in three mans, that playing against two randos may be less profitable than playing against two of the sharpest players in the entire lobby. Absolutely agree. Uh-huh. That if you go in and go, oh, I see BK Reader and McLovin in my contest, and in, in a three, two out of three, like that would be maybe more profitable doing something like this than I see two people without even a badge. You know, I I had a discussion yesterday, and I I've been doing a, a community conversations thing on my YouTube, and I'll probably talk about that uh, either today or tomorrow. But I was having a conversation that uh, the lower dollar contests. I think that that lower dollar small contests and especially the large contests are considerably more difficult to win. Win, not cash in, not be like long-term profitable, but win, considerably more difficult to win than the higher dollar small field stuff. Because when you look at the way that sharp players are playing, like I know a lot of what like the really, really good players are going to be playing, right? So I can leverage that a lot easier. If I'm in like the $5 20,000 person contest. You might as well just play the chalk, right? What? I, there's no way for me to know what these people are going to be playing. So I, it, it's taboo to say it, but the higher dollar small field contests, I think are significantly more predictable and therefore much easier to leverage than things that are small dollar and large field because the volatility of worse players makes it harder for you to win. So uh, it, it's a it's a really interesting thought, and um, well, what I'm thinking, James, what I'm thinking, we talked about if you wanted to be a knit, but maybe that would be correct. I make two lineups for this purpose, mm-hmm. right? So I make two I make two lineups. One is my aggregate optimal, and one is whatever I switch to. And then if I see uh, the aggregate optimal, I can actually play in double ups and head to heads, right? Right. Uh, and then I also play in any three man for any of those types of contests where I see, where I see bad players, right? If I see a two out of three and one, you know, like if I, if I see, you know, bad players in contests and I don't see the other sharp players, right? I play that lineup. And then when I see the, when it's see as long as one other sharp players in it, then I play the other line. Right. Yeah. I was going to say three mans and five mans, but at least the aggregate optimal 
or whatever you consider the optimal. Mm-hmm. You could play, I mean, that, that would be perfectly fine in head-to-heads and double. If there's a worst-case scenario, you're flipping coins. Right. You're flipping a coin on one player. It, like that situation, it's it's Levin Sosa versus Jonah right. Martin or whatever. You just flip that coin, and that's, you know, you make money on that. Um, you, you would do it that way. You would say in three-mans where you are up against two randos or people that you do not consider to be great players, you just play the aggregate off. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And then anything where there is a sharp player, you have to then make that decision. If there's one sharp player, you you would almost want to say, Jordan, in this case. I almost would rather have two of them in there. You you would almost want to say in this case that you would want to avoid any three-man where it's a good player, you, and a rando. Because you cannot possibly build a lineup that is as optimally EV as you would want it to be. Right. Well, well the, the only that and and that, that creates an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. of let's say it's a two out of three. You go in the lobby, it's two out of three. Sharp player rando. Well, that almost uh, it, it makes it that here's here's the dynamic. Sharp players wouldn't want to join that contest if this is true, mm-hmm. uh, because they're more likely to dupe with the other sharp player. But then that also means that the third person is more likely to be a rando which means the sharp single player in that lineup gets an excess amount of equity. <laughs> makes it even more... So that almost makes it more profitable to be the first sharp player in no it matter is. what. Yep. In this dynamic, I don't think people are paying attention enough. That's why... Like, I don't think we've reached the point where we're going to play those types of games. That's why, to me... Like, that's why I said before, it's weird for me to say that it's quite possible. That's why I'm testing this type of stuff out. Mm-hmm. And when I see... When I see it, a three-man or a five-man with multiple sharp, sharp cash players in it, uh, I do join some of those because I want to have some of those and some with randos and some like so I can compare the two. But I don't want to just go whole hog and like, oh, it's more profitable to play three-mans against two people that you could almost predict their lineups and then just go like, I got to play. Because if that's the case, you got a lot of action there if you want it. Right, you understand, like, like that's not just five dollar contests. It's like if that's true, it's like, dude, you can start joining two hundred and seventy dollar three mans as much as you want because you're gonna find like the same group of like five or six people in everything. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think you know um, somebody who who I think has done very well in in exercising this is um, Justin McMahon. Like his his core strategy when it comes to being a, a profitable DFS player is that he seeks out these higher dollar sharp contests and he actively goes against them. So I, I think that he is kind of a, a good realistic and, and like in practice example of what we're talking about here. I, I don't know if he has done this on purpose and like has done the back thing that you were doing. Well, well, that uh, James, the last thing I was going to say is that it's quite possible it's quite. It's actually quite likely. It's not even quite, quite possible. It's quite likely that two in a three man, two sharp players, auto, automatically could poss- could make the the third player's lineup plus EV mm-hmm. by accident. Like the bad player actually has a plus EV strategy completely by accident. Now, obviously, you probably shouldn't play a lineup that's 10 points lower projected. But if that bad player in that three-man between McLovin and BK Reader has a lineup that's like four points lower projected with like eight different players, it's like... On accident, yeah. By accident. And it's like, isn't that what I'm trying to do? I mean, like, I'm purposely trying to do that. And the bad player accidentally did it. And it's quite possible in the scheme of all of these contests that everyone's playing that... The five dollars here and the ten dollars there and everything like that isn't isn't being noticed, and it's not. Truthfully, it's probably not worth the time. It's very similar to when uh, I fully admit, especially in NFL, when I'm playing like three hundred head to heads, that someone uh, every probably a couple of times a season, someone will DM me out of the blue and say, uh, "I played you in a head to head, and we both had." Uh, we both had so-and-so and so-and-so left for the late game and you didn't switch. Based on, I listen to your course, like, shouldn't you be blocked? I'm up on you by eight points. Shouldn't you be swapping? And I go, I should be, but it's a $5 head-to-head. And I went through my 
$150 ones first. Right. And by the time I get down to the $5 ones, lock it. I mean, I'm not, I ain't getting down there. So that's just the cost of doing business. Like, yeah. Functionally, you just you're just not going to be able to do that. It, it's just considered an overhead cost at that point. Right. But that's what you're exploiting. To me, that, to me, it's more that you're exploiting that mm -hmm. than something that's being consciously done. Cause then, yeah. cause people would say, well, if, if they know, if these are smart people, these are smart, profitable players. If they know it, why aren't they doing it? It's like, well, if they do it, then I do it. And then they do it. And then someone's going to be playing the optimal lineup and they're going to be profiting. Right. Right. It's like, it becomes a game of chicken at that yeah. point. And as of this point in the DFS ecosystem, two people playing like in that three man that I showed, they will get enough action as, as, Instead of me being the third guy, there'll be someone that plays a lineup that's way lower projected. And over the course, this is one 10-man three-player, $10 three-player contest. They will find enough action and diversification and bad players that, yes, they're giving up an edge in this specific contest, but it's not exploitable enough right. over the course of time. But if someone hey, went hey, to the high stakes... Yeah, and bled them more like this, then it'd be more likely that they they'd start to adapt. And then once they start to adapt, then you'd have to start to adapt. And then, and then you go right back to playing again. the optimal. Yeah, right. Then it becomes yeah. the who who the rush to play the optimal. And I think we're gonna see that uh, to close out the show. Uh, James, guess what? What what happened in my tiebreaker on on Saturday? Was it another tie? <laughs> but it was it was a two man tie. It was uh, okay. uh, me and McLovin, of course. Yeah. Tied for second. It was a two out of four. Uh, so someone came in first, someone came mm -hmm. in fourth, and we got the last spot. Yeah. There's no more tiebreakers because there's no more MMA slates because the round two is coming up. So they told us uh, uh, we're going to have to do an MLB slate. <laughs> and guess what? It's an MLB tiebreaker against McLovin. And there we go. And now so we're isn't at... isn't just to go back to exactly what I'm talking about. Like, dude, I'll know exactly what lineup. Like, do I play his lineup or not? Do I make the the person on DraftKings side have an aneurysm <laughs> where where on tomorrow's slate, like I'll be the first one to not play chicken game, and I'm just gonna play. I'm just I'm gonna play the optimal. I'm gonna play the projected optimal, which I know is what McLovin plays. We're gonna tie. Yeah. On on a, on a probably I don't know how many games are on the slate. The person from DraftKings is going to wonder why the hell how the hell did you tie in a twelve game MLB slate? <laughs> and go. I guess we're going to have to play another MLB slate, and then I have to decide whether or not do I play. Like, what's going to happen? Because this is this, this is the main is reason why we tied in MMA. Because Jordan, we're playing... this, this is what's going to happen. All right, you guys are just going to keep going at each other. You're you're going to keep duping on MLB, and then it's going to come up to the night before the round two, right? And the and the DraftKings intern, this poor guy, he's on his seventh cup of coffee. He's watched you guys dupe like ten slates in a row. Y'all duped on main slates. He tried to make you guys go up against each other on a late slate. You duped on that one. He he made you guys go up against each other showdown. You duped on that one. And then he's like, I only have one more option. They're gonna have to play head to head in a League of Legends slate <laughs> so that they can decide for MMA the next day. Because the League of Legends slates take place at 1:45 in the morning, and it's the last slate that he has before the next. Right, MMA there's one. no more slates left. Right. And then Jordan, you're gonna have to come to me. You're gonna have to come to me and my League of Legends knowledge so that you can beat Mach Levin and get this MMA slate. Right, and, 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 and I'm gonna do that. Story. You know what's gonna end up happening? And they're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, so uh, I'll I'll be keeping people apprised of this experiment as, mm -hmm. uh, as as time goes on. I'll be playing tonight. I'll be. I mean, you can take a look. Whatever lineup I'm playing in whatever contest, you'll see. I'm playing like on DraftKings. I'm playing the 121, and whatever the largest five dollar double up or something is, like I'll be in that. So if you want, if you want to see my lineup, but I've I've not the 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 thing the the thing James I've really. Until I know what, where the line is, I'm still kind of just judging it by sight, mm -hmm. right? So, like, there are choices where it's like, is this is it worth getting even more off this this line? Like, there, do I I could have played Jesse Winker yesterday, but not play Jesse Winker. I 
thought had a probability of being in like 20% of lineups. Yeah. Not as much as these guys, but still enough so that it's like, well, if I take out Winker, who would I, who do I get? And I got a lower own guy, and I only lost like 0. 0.5, 0.05 in projection. So I thought, I thought, okay, that was worth it. But there's I there's actually just... a, a really easy way to do this, and you can set up a simulation on this. And you I can, can I can. I mean, someone can. I can I can. I can set up a simulation on this easy. I, I built a I built a little thing like this the other day for a demonstration where you can put in your the lineup that you think is gonna be the optimal. You put in the aggregate optimal, right? And then you put in whatever lineup you want to play. And then you can run simulations based on their deviations, and, and you well, can see. What, hey, well, hold on, hold on. Aren't we doing? This is an Excel tool. We're we're, this, we're doing. This is an Excel tool. That's why I'm mentioning it. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay. I I didn't know you're like you're mentioned like I have this thing that I use. I'm like, yeah. like hold on, this is. I hope <laughs> I hope you're talking about the same thing that I, I want in, where you could just run two lineups against each, run yeah. a couple lineups against each other with, like as long as you have like the percentiles. Mm-hmm. Right. It, of course, it it doesn't take into account this. This is a normal. Basically, you're just simulating a normal distribution. Output. For NBA, I do actually have a tool where I use the standard deviations that are not normally distributed. But yes, the okay. tool that'll be in in the course will be a normally distributed tool. So right. for for when Nerdy Tenor buys the book and then he does this and he's like, "Oh, this is normally distributed. This isn't right. Please spare me." It is. It's. It's a basic it's, it's tool. Meant, it's meant as a as a as a blunt tool of like right. right. If you have the flag in in our in our projections, you'll see like floor and ceiling. And it's like, well, what is the floor and ceiling based on your projection? Some people use fifteenth and eighty fifth. Some use twenty yeah. fifth and seventy. I use twenty fifth like, and seventy fifth. Right. Yeah. So you put that in. You put these three numbers in, and then you just just no correlation between the players or anything. It's just like, how many times is one? What what is the score of each lineup? a thousand times and how many what percentage of times does one lineup beat at the other lineup? yeah and so that's that's what you would do i'd off the top of my head i think that you'd probably be aiming for like a 47 percent win rate with this that's that off the top of my head for three man for three man and in five man you need like a you need like a 20 you need like 28 percent yeah so on but, average, you're yeah, going to win 20% okay, of the yeah, time yeah, with the rate. Yeah. You're going to need 20. You need to win over 22%. Yeah. So, so as long as it's over 20, 24 to 28 Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. I'm excited for these little tools. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. Um, like I like I said before the show started, I'm almost done with a, a pretty good chunk of them. Um, and then I can start. But because the, the ones that I've been working on, I use the same framework, right? Like it, it just starts there and then I can just add little things here and there. Um, the next run of them, the, the more like self-contained tools, those will take a little bit more time. But those are going to be really, really cool. I'm excited. Right. About and this is all open source. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's in Excel. It's all it has yeah. to be. Yeah. So if you're good in Excel and you want to add so on to it, it'll be or very easy yourself, to use. And... Right? Like people could just, you know, like, oh, I want to add this thing to, but I want to try this thing. Like, yeah, here you go. Do do whatever the hell you want. But of course, once you start modifying it, and, don't, and... don't tell us for like tech support or anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will be there for tech support if necessary, but please, I, I can't help a thousand people build out their Excel stuff. And right. it's more of the fact that like, the thing that you... That you sent is bro like that. That's why I mentioned that percent thing. I could see mm-hmm. people putting that in and going, I don't know why this doesn't work. Yeah. It's like, no, you need a decimal. And because that's that's the proper way of displaying it. But yeah, whatever. Uh pay dirt underscore DFS on Twitter. Yep. Uh I, I see I saw your tweet. You, you thanked me for for actually uh, putting calls to actions on your site. Yeah, yeah. Uh over at paydirtdfs.com, I put in a lot of work to try to help site engagement and, and to push things and push things and work on C- SEO and S and CTAs and everything like that. And um, yeah, I added a whole bunch of free stuff too. So there's now MLB research sheets uh, so that if you want to go look at splits for expected home run per nine and fancy points per plate appearance and stuff like that, that stuff's all there. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for the help. It's been, it's been massive. It's been really good. I'll give you one more tip once we're off the air. Yeah. Yay. Cool. I'll give you one more tip. Yeah. You could you could do, uh, but you could follow James Pater underscore DFS. Uh, follow me at Blender HD. Obviously, a lot of the concepts we talk about we just talked about today are in the theory of daily fantasy sports. 
How to think like a professional DFS player. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. Me and James teach you a structured version of all these types of concepts. 15 hours long. Uh, so pick that up. Theoryofdfs.com. Uh, we got Grinders Live later today. If you're interested in the baseball slate, MLB, 5 o'clock with Dean and the guys, then then Roth. I think Roth is back. I don't know if we have any weather today. It's hot outside. Then it may be some weather. That's 620 crunch time MLB, which is free all season, brought to you by FanDuel. And, uh, and I'll, I'll be continuing my experiment tonight on both sites and talk to you tomorrow, reviewing everything and answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>